Welcome to Imaginarium, an alternate history of art, a podcast where we delve into the most obscure parts of art history. Hello, I'm your host, Naja, and in this podcast we try to shed light on less studied parts of the history of art and visual culture. In today's episode, we'll take in the sun and summer air and dive deep into the visuals and aesthetics that represent the musical genre of city pop. Let's begin. City pop conjures to mind images of warm summers, lounging on the beach, dancing the night away. It conjures images of the sun, happiness, car rides to the sunset while neon starts to light up the night. If you don't know what city pop is, it's a Japanese musical genre that mostly encompasses music from the late 70s to the early 90s, but has known a huge revival lately especially due to the rise of vaporwave music and other similar types of internet music subgenres. If you don't know this genre, please picture this. A 45 minutes and 37 seconds YouTube video playing various chill 1980s Japanese pop songs while small snippets of retro anime plays on repeat. If you have ever encountered this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is City Pop. City Pop is a very commercial music in a lot of ways, but it's still so filled with sincerity, happiness, and hope that it personally immediately puts me in a good mood. It's an uplifting genre that always makes me feel better when I'm tired and hopeless. It's bright and vibrant, and it's full of energy. Frankly, (laughs) being in my 20s and trying to make something of myself, especially this year, has been exhausting and stressing. And, you know, trying to maintain the balance between everything. But music in general is something that has always been a positive part of my life. And City Pop specifically gives me hope that things will get better. Tomorrow will be good. Relaxed beats, synths, and vocals that sing of escape and of wonder, City Pop reminds you of a time that's no longer real. It's a time that used to be and capitalizes on the nostalgia of bygone time that were once happy and prosperous, especially in a time where it's less so in, in a lot of ways. Along with the rise of Vaporwave, which utilizes a lot of samples and beats from City Pop tracks, the rise again, of city pop at a global level after having been kind of forgotten for the past 25 years can be explained by this desire to escape in a world of sun, eternal summers, and shining neon lights in the night. For all of us now who are living in this world with a very uncertain future, in the middle of a global pandemic, a climate crisis, and political unease with the rise of the conservative right that's looming all over us, especially if we're, you know, from a marginalized community. City Pop feeds a lot of nostalgia for a time that was seemingly easier and happier. I say seemingly because we all know that no era was ever perfect, and the past is never as glossy as old magazines would lead us to believe. Nonetheless, 
Those songs are the backdrop to a setting that seems idyllic and perfect, where nothing can go wrong and where everyone is happy under the sun and in the warmth of the summer. The current political and social context can help explain why this genre of music has had a revival of sorts. It's a bit of a conundrum because city pop music truly is the epitome of capitalistic 1980s Japan. And while I, I do say death to capitalism, listening to this music makes me feel as if I'm walking in a busy seaside city at sunset. And times are easy and I'm not, you know, worrying about my future here. I say revival, but I mostly mean through the mainstream consciousness, both overseas and in Japan. Because a lot of artists that do music that's classified as city pop continue to work well after the confines of the 1980s. I can think about Toshiki Kadomatsu, who kept releasing albums throughout the 1990s and had successful 20th and 30th anniversary concerts. There are some excerpts and live performance from these concerts, and they are genuinely so fun to experience. He released an album as recently as 2018. He's personally one of my favorite city pop artists. And his album, Sea Breeze, is one of my favorites of all times. I do think he's one of the most representative artists of the genre, simply with the kind of music he creates and the aesthetic he leans in. The cover albums he uses all showcase this very city pop aesthetic, from him lounging on the beach to a neon-lit city, with all of the titles of his albums being very evocative of vacations on the beach in late summer nights. City pop, more than a musical genre, is very much more of an aesthetic. It has become increasingly difficult to classify which albums or songs are part of city pop, as the musical offering ranges from disco to synthwave to ambient music. And so, more than just a musical genre, city pop is a mood, an atmosphere. It's not easy to classify what is or isn't city pop, but usually, when you see it, you know it. The main visual artists who really helped cement what is the vibe and visual of city pop are people such as Eijin Suzuki and Hiroshi Nagai. Suzuki was the artist who drew the album covers of several Tatsuro Yamashita albums. I will talk about him later, but just know that he is one of the flagship artists of city pop and the husband of Maria Takeuchi who you surely know from the iconic Plastic Love song, but we'll get to this later. Eijin Suzuki was one of the first ones to really coin a visual aesthetic that will always remind people of City Pop. His flat colors, quiet scenes with vibrant colors, will become the visual blueprint of City Pop aesthetic. He's an illustrator and graphic designer who has been active since the 1980s and his art figures on prominent albums of Tatsuro Yamashita, such as For You in 1982, Come Along, as well as Come Along 2 in 1984. He also made his career illustrating and designing magazine covers and advertising campaigns for corporations such as Nikon, Nissan and Suntory. 
There's also the 1987 collaboration of Eijin Suzuki and Tatsuro Yamashita on a compilation album and visual project called Southward Bound, with the cover art also being specifically made by Eijin Suzuki. Their working relationship has been going on for decades. There's even a 2002 advert for Yamashita's concert that was done by Suzuki, and that still holds all the elements that made his art so unique. There's a lot of complexity in the simplicity of Suzuki's art. The colors are loud and bright, and yet flow harmoniously together. He uses a lot of flat layers of colors, which gives his art a neatness and cleanliness that seems out of this world, too perfect to be real, in fact. The perspective is simple and uncomplicated, and yet the compositions of Suzuki's art are more complex than they first appear. Suzuki's images give the vibe of an endless summer, of bright buildings and palm trees in the distance. They fit really well in that era of economic growth and this bright era in Japan. Most importantly, aging Suzuki's art is really effective at communicating a very specific mood, mellow and groovy at the same time, which is why it fits perfectly within the confines of city pop. Hiroshi Nagai is another artist whose art and visual aesthetic will influence a lot of the way we think about city pop, especially visually. He is also an illustrator as well as a graphic designer and has been active since the 1970s and was one of the significant visual influences on city pop. His bright and neon color palettes, the location very reminiscent of summer vacations and resorts. Of beaches where you can lie down and soak the sun and deep into the pool. His art is very minimalist yet vibrant, with an obvious influence from surrealism, mostly René Magritte, as well as pop art. One of his main influences being David Hartney and his equally as vibrant paintings. I adore Nadei's series of painting called Poolside because that series really encapsulates a lot of what is really so lovely about city pop and his art as well. The sunny, cloudless skies, the vibrant colors, the clear water of the pool, the feeling of going on vacation and enjoying the warmth of the summer. Nadei also worked with a number of prominent city pop artists, which is why his art is still so emblematic of the genre. He worked on the cover art for the album A Long Vacation by Eishi Otaki, which, by the way, I really do recommend this album if you want to listen to a bit of City Pop. His art is still used today in the new City Pop revival content, as the cover art, for example, for the new compilation vinyls. One of the important parts of City Pop is its apparent westernization, only in appearance. As I said previously, city pop gained in popularity during a time of economical growth in Japan, where people started taking vacations, started going to hotels and resorts during the summer. City pop was the background music to this entire period. It was a music that was modern and contemporary to its generation, fun and light, as well as visual arts, photography, and the pastel colors and the neons and the Vibes. I don't want to be that person, but city pop is really that hard to pin, mostly because it relies on the 
vibes. <laughs> the art and music gives up more than it pertains to a specific musical or artistic genre. Whether it's the beaches, the pastels, the neons, the urban landscapes or resorts backgrounds, the contrasting colors, all those elements are often found in almost all of the album covers or the visual material that surrounds city pop. City pop as a genre started during the late 1970s, but then it wasn't really known as city pop yet. It was a term that was later coined to designate urban pop music from the city, hence city pop. The early pioneers of the genre were Harumi, Hosono, and Ryushi Sakamoto, where they were still part of the band Yellow Magic Orchestra. They experimented with synth sounds and had a western influence to their music that made what they created completely new. But as Hosono says it, the sounds that they were creating were very different from their western counterparts. And so they did experiments a lot with those new tools, those new computers and new electric sounds. As much as city pop today is a synonym of nostalgia and bygone days, it used to be contemporary and current. It was a symbol of those times that they were living through, a symbol of youth and of modernity. Side note, by the way, if anyone is curious, there's this documentary called Tokyo Melody that documents Yushi Sakamoto's career in the early 80s and just how experimental and innovative they were. I'll try to link where you can watch it in the show notes, so please check that out if you are interested in knowing more about them. Especially since uh, Sakamoto had a very distinct sound and also a very distinct visual aesthetic. A lot of artists made city pop what it is, but I don't think we can talk about city pop without first mentioning Tatsuro Yamashita and Maria Takeuchi. They truly are the power couple of city pop. His debut album, Big Wave, is a cover album of Beach Boys music with a very bright feeling. Which, by the way, let me just add that I do own this one on vinyl, and it's brilliant. Yamashita was one of the most prolific and well-known artists of the genre as well as being a musical artist himself, with albums such as Ride on Time. He also produced a lot of movies and worked with a lot of different artists on different projects. A lot of what City Pop is, musically speaking, is born out of the Western musical influence. Think the Beach Boys, Bob Dylan, mostly folk and pop music of the 1960s and 1970s. But the artist took those inspiration and really spinned them around, as well as exploring the new tools for making music that they now had at their disposal. So it made for a very fresh and new sound. There's also a direct inspiration from the music known as soft or sunshine pop, or the southern Californian music of the 1960s, that is obviously carried onto the 1980s city pop aesthetic of summer. City Pop had a lot of exploration of the musical medium, a lot of instrumental albums, as well as collaboration between various artists, such as the album Pacific by Haruomi Hosono, Shigeru Suzuki, and Tatsuro Yamashita. 
City Pop went in various directions. You have Toshiki Tadomatsu and Tatsuri Yamashita who compose and sing on their own albums. You have Sudiyama, Kiyotaka and Omega Tribe who really went all the way into the experimental side of City Pop that was much more about ambient music. So musically it was a very diverse genre. City Pop inherently feels like a soundtrack for the virtual age today with artists such as Yonbei or Night Tempo sampling those tracks and making a blend of the past and the future. Those sounds seem dreamy and otherworldly, vaguely ethereal and fake. Something that you might have heard through an old radio while you were on vacation for the first time with your family at age 7. The spread of city pop today is very much an effect of the internet age especially with the tracks that end on YouTube, the lo-fi mixes, and the YouTube algorithm putting Plastic Love by Maria Takeuchi on everyone's feed. I'll also link that song in the show notes. If you only listen to one City Pop song, I think this one is the one that you have to listen to. Released in 1984 in the midst of when City Pop was booming, this song... I feel is the one that truly puts city pop in the general consciousness of people today. The genre was always there and people have been continuously listening to that music. This song at time of recording has 36 and 41 million views on two separate videos. And I feel that the internet truly is one of the main reasons why this genre is now so well known. And visually that one picture of Maria Takeuchi on the thumbnails of these videos is also one of the most easily recognizable visual symbols of the aesthetic of City Pop. Today the classic albums of City Pop have known a resurgence. There have been multiple reprints of staple City Pop vinyls. And the visuals that were once the hallmark of 80s Japanese music have come back in force, especially in the future fun slash vaporwave slash lo-fi music subgenres that have been getting really popular lately. I mentioned Night Tempo earlier. He's a South Korean musical artist who often works within the confines of the future fun genre, a genre that is known for the retro vibes and throwbacks to 80s sounds and aesthetic, as well as older 80s and 90s anime. He works with visual artists such as Namu 13 and Shiho So, who create for him a very fresh and yet nostalgic aesthetic for his album and tracks. The work of Shiho So is very heavily inspired by animes such as Sailor Moon as well as Ranma One and a Half by Rumi Takahashi, which is very obvious in the way she approaches her illustration and the color scheme she chooses. The images she creates are always very soft and cute, and when it comes to Namu 13's work, it's also very much inspired by the early 1980s to the mid-1990s aesthetic. He takes inspiration from animation movies and comics and city pop albums, and he really works in a manner that makes you feel a sort of nostalgia for that era. He tries to capture the aesthetic of 1980s tapes and vinyls in a manner that feels new yet old. His work is directly inspired by aging Suzuki and Hiroshi Nagai's work, as well as artists such as Yamane Yoshitake, whose art is, in my opinion, 
a bridge between the city pop art and the manga style of that era. These artists often use the same sort of color schemes, neons and pastels, very bright images, but you can also see the incorporation of visual elements such as grids and flat colors and patterns. Inspired by those 1980s retro anime and city pop albums, those artists have managed to create a brand new sound and also a brand new image that still is coherent with the past and today's sensibilities. Future Funk is a music that you can dance and have fun listening to. Night Tempo sometimes even releases his music on tapes or vinyls, so there's that added fun, vintage and retro touch to it. The images and the music of Future Farms, as well as the images and music of the original Japanese city pop, all work in the perfect tune relationship. Of course you can listen to, to that music without caring for these visual aesthetics, or appreciate those images on their own without wanting to listen to the music, but I think it's very fascinating how they truly go hand in hand and complete each other. More than simple nostalgia, the dreamy and ethereal feeling of city pop and future funk provide to its listener a sense of wonder and of escapism. Because as artist F. Star Kaori explains when asked about why people love to immerse themselves in this 80s nostalgia dream, reality is painful. Life is hard, life is so difficult, and we really just are out there trying our best to be happy, and I think it's worth having something that makes you feel some kind of joy, a respite from everything that's happening. These songs are energizing and hopeful, dreamy and relaxing. I just personally really enjoy listening to that music. And even though I cannot necessarily spend two months of vacation in a very cute coastal city, I can at least have this. Hopefully people can continue to feel a sense of nostalgia and escape while listening to that music and seeing that art. And on this note, I think it's time to end the episode here. Before we go, I put a bunch of relevant resources on today's subject in the show notes. You have some books as well as articles that you can read if you maybe want to further your knowledge and read more on the subject. As always, all the relevant images will also be on all of our social platforms at imaginarium underscore pod on Instagram as well as on Twitter. If you want to support this podcast, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash najah. I also want to take this time to thank Vilia Sala, Meili, as well as Chongi Nguyen Kapechi for supporting this podcast on Patreon. It means a lot to me. Thank you to Edward McKee for beta listening to this podcast, as well as Carter J. Kane for his tips on voice work and sound editing. Thank you for sticking with me, and today's recommendation is the song It's Hard to Say Goodbye by Toshiki Kazumatsu. On this, my very dear listeners, I wish you all a very lovely day, evening, or night. 